Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Are you frustrated and confused about how to attract new clients? Nothing you have done is working and you're tired of waiting for the phone to ring. Imagine learning the tips and tools that will help you get noticed and booked by your ideal client and paid what you're worth for your amazing services. Now's the time to make your dream a reality and the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will teach you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. As Japan's first REACH certified personal branding strategist, Peter Stelacy is the pioneer of personal branding in Japan. Being a long-term resident in a country where fitting in is the cultural norm, Peter understands the challenges facing Japanese to stand out. Now, as an ambitious entrepreneur, perhaps you also find yourself in a market where fitting in is the norm, making it difficult for you to stand out too. Peter is dedicated to empowering on-the-move careerists in global companies in Japan to break away from the pack and ride to their success. And you too can stand out and ride to success by following the strategies that Peter shares today, including tips on being a solopreneur in another culture, how to brand yourself across cultures using the personal branding style dial, key strategies that will help you start branding yourself today and much more. So let's welcome Peter to the show. So welcome to the show, Peter. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, you're based in Japan and uh, certainly going to share some insights into the personal branding in Japan. But here in Australia, I know that the phrase personal branding still is a bit of a buzzword. So just in your words, speaking to someone who doesn't really or hasn't really heard of the concept of personal branding, how would you define it? Well, that's a great question because it's the same thing here in Japan that, you know, I come across people who you say the words personal branding and you just get a blank stare. And so I have found here, at least in Japan, if you kind of rephrase it or repackage it as managing your reputation mm-hmm. and people seem to understand what that means, particularly nowadays with social media and the use of Web 2.0, this whole idea of managing your reputation, both online and offline, that's something that people, they get that. But personal branding, the words personal branding are still just completely unknown. Yeah. And I know here in Australia, a lot of people, when you're talking about managing your reputation, to them, when they're thinking of a J-O-B, a job, they generally don't tend to think about, right, I need to get all of my documentation together and things like that until they find themselves having to look for another job opportunity. So from what you're talking about, really managing your reputation, it's taking a proactive stance to your career, even if you are employed already or even working for yourself in your own business. Yeah, that's very true. I think the challenge though here in Japan though is there's really kind of two groups of people. The mid-career person who may be in a situation where they've lost that job, that's completely unexpected because culturally, as you may know, the whole idea of lifetime employment is, you know, just part of Japanese business culture. 
And yet nowadays people are beginning to lose their jobs or they're beginning to really rethink their careers. And they haven't really even thought about the process of being proactive because they've assumed that they were going to have this job till they retired. The second group are graduates who are leaving university now. They get it. If I talk to them about personal branding and frame it as reputation management, you know, they're ready to be proactive because they know that they're entering a workforce where the idea and the concept of lifetime employment is really a thing of the past. Yeah, that's the same here in Australia. And you know, often when we hear of a company closing down, we have fathers, sometimes even grandfathers, believe it or not, fathers and sons work or mothers and you know daughters working in a company, and they're up in arms. It's like like we had our whole lives, you know, planned out working here and they just don't understand that job for life no longer is a reality. So when we think about personal branding, why would you say it's really important for career success today for individuals and of course for solopreneurs as well? Well, I think, you know, beyond the fact that this whole idea that the world of work has has absolutely changed, you know, now we're in a situation where in addition to the idea that jobs for life are gone, and I always say social media has just enabled any one of us to essentially market and promote ourselves for virtually free. And also now when you have companies and individuals looking for you and they're searching for you online and that's one of the first places they go, being able to kind of understand what that unique promise is that you have, communicating that to the people and to the world around you really becomes the way that you can essentially differentiate yourself and get those opportunities to come your way. Mm. And, and I think that's really what it comes down to is I, so many people say, well, I don't want to, I don't want people to find me on Google. I want to be kind of behind the scenes. And unfortunately, we know that if you don't show up on search, then you really don't exist. Yeah. And I have to give you an example. Just recently, someone recommended to me a potential podcast show host to come and join us on the Ambitious Entrepreneur Podcast Network, I googled this gentleman's name and there was just one link that came up. And to me, it's like, well, who is he? Is he an expert? There's nothing to be found. And so I know similar stories that I've heard from recruitment agents, but even potential clients and customers, they've tried to find someone on Google online. And when they don't find anything, it really is to them the perception of, well, maybe they're not as credible as what they say they are. Now, you were a pioneer of personal branding in Japan. And one of the things that you've said is that the Japanese culture typically values fitting in. And I have to say that that is very much the Australian culture too. We have yeah. here what we call the tall poppy syndrome. Have you heard of that? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's like when I stand out, someone's going to come along and just whop, you know, chop my head off. Right. What do you have to say about that? Because I know personal branding is, as we've said, is getting out there and standing out and building our and managing our reputation. So interested in your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, I mean, in Japan, it's the, the phrase is slightly different, but it's the, the nail that sticks out gets hammered down. And that's always the reaction <clears throat> that I get from people because they say, wow, personal branding sounds so important. It's something that I should do. But yet, I live in a culture where I'm educated to fit in. And so there's this kind of misconception that personal branding is just about pumping up your ego and kind of thinking about yourself as better than others. And what I usually tell people here in this culture, which is very much a team-oriented and we culture, is, and I'm borrowing this from a book that I read called The Startup of You, where there's this idea of I to the power of we or me to the power of we, where 
really your success is based on your ability to communicate what that unique value is that you offer. But more importantly, it's your community and your networks and your organization's capability of now magnifying and communicating what that benefit is. And and so I think in a culture like Japan, which is very much of a group culture, when you frame it that way, that that it's actually you're relying on the group and everyone around you to really tap into uh, what makes you unique and then using that to advance the organization's goal, the team goal, et cetera. And so in that sense, people seem to see it as, oh, okay, I'm not really trying to make myself look like I'm better than others. Yeah. And I think also, too, there is a fine line between confidence and arrogance. And we're certainly not talking about, you know, standing up on the pedestal, as you said, and spouting out that I'm the best and and so on. It really is about embracing all of the things that you mentioned. And I love the way that you put that. And I know a lot of Australians would certainly benefit from hearing that and can also implement that within their own approach as well. So what are some of the challenges that you've come across with personal branding, particularly in Japan and other cultures? Because I know that uh, from what you've said and that the similarities, it really is going to benefit people here in Australia as well. Well, I think, you know, one of the challenges, at least here in the, in the context of Japan, is that Japanese, even in social media, have always been very anonymous. I mean, that's just the way that people uh, present themselves. And, and interestingly, even in Japan, Japan is one of the largest blogging cultures in the world. Wow. I think something like almost close to 40% of the blogs in the world are in the Japanese language. And so they're interested in reading blogs and, and et cetera. But generally speaking, they don't react or they don't act upon what they read, like where other cultures cultures do that. It's much more of a kind of a receptive type culture. So one of the challenges is how to kind of shift that into being more proactive, as you said earlier. And I think that's interesting. The other thing is our non-Japanese who come to work in Japan, you know, whether that's in foreign subsidiary companies or they're expats, etc., working with those people in terms of how do you still value kind of that, that unique promise that you have, but enable yourself to I'd like to say stand out yet fit in in this Mm -hmm. culture and you've got to be able to do that you know no matter where you are if you're branding yourself in other cultures you you need to be able to adjust what your brand is to that audience and to that culture which is just basic I think cross-cultural understanding as well. I think so. I mean, I find that even with people that I speak to across the world, you know, the standout and fit in is such an important concept because even when we think about social media, whereas previously we had the traditional media where it was just blasting out your information, it was me, 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 all about me, where social media really is all about us, isn't it? It's a collaborative, it's working together. And I think when you say standout, fit in, that whole concept can really and should really be embraced by everyone no matter where they are in the world. What would you say about that? Absolutely. Yeah. And so usually what I do is, is I offer people this kind of concept that I like to use, which is called the, the personal branding style dial. Mm-hmm. And in other words, just imagine if you had a dial from zero to 10 and 10 is where you've dialed up your brand to the maximum level that you use it. And then zero is kind of at the minimum. And, you know, you really have to think about whatever culture you're in and how do you adjust your personal brand, your style to fit in in certain aspects. And throughout the day, you may be adjusting it many different times. You might be in a situation where you're going to use, you know, your brand attributes to their fullest. And then later in the day, you might 
be in a situation where you have to tone it down a little bit. And I think that to me is really one of the keys to kind of international personal branding success. And it seems to resonate with people when I uh, share that with clients and with companies. Yeah. Now, you've mentioned a couple of phrases and I want to spend a bit of time just looking at those because for many people who have only really heard about personal branding on today's show may be thinking, what do they mean? So, you talked about the unique value. You mentioned brand attributes. So, I wonder if you want to talk a little bit about, say, a process of what personal branding is and particularly what do those words and phrases mean? Okay. You know, I think what I usually do is I tell people, if you think of just a brand that you like and love, whether it's a product or even a place, and we often think about some word or words that we associate with that product. So, whether if you think of New York City, you know, we typically associate kind of excitement and high energy. Well, it's the same as if you think about yourself. And when people think about you, what words would they use to describe you? And that really feeds into how people see you and really how you're presenting yourself to the world around you. Those attributes, those words tend to define potentially what your unique value is. Because every brand, whether it's a product, place, or person, is truly based in that authentic value that they bring to the table. And by uncovering that and understanding what it is, that kind of is what enables you to distinguish yourself from other people. And Mm -hmm. and so that's the initial step. And in my process, that's why I call it believe in your brand. You know, you have to believe that you have something distinctive to offer the world around you. And if you don't believe in that, then I don't think you can really take it to the next step, which is to start communicating that authenticity, communicating that 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 unique value to everyone. Yeah, and that really makes sense. But it's something that you mentioned about reaching out and asking other people, how would they describe you? (laughs) Now, I'm sure a number of people on the call went, whoa, why would I want to do that? That's a little bit scary. I mean, is that important that we really need to go out and and find out what other people really think of us? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's really the foundation of of how you begin is getting that feedback. It's, It's a process of looking internally yourself but then getting that feedback from others. And a tool that I use and that your audience might be interested in is called the 360 Reach Personal Brand Assessment. And this is something that you can access online and send this assessment out to people. They fill it in anonymously, and you get this great feedback, this data back, that begins to help you to understand how people see you and perceive you. And once I introduce that tool to people, they think, oh, okay, I can send this out, and people can respond anonymously, and I'm getting all this incredible information to help me understand what my brand attributes are. Mm-hmm. And when we're thinking about personal branding, and obviously we're sending out this report and we're asking people to give feedback, as we continue to manage our reputations, do we have ourselves the ability to enhance and increase? And so do we also play an important role in that and in managing our reputation as far as what other people think of us? Definitely, I would say so. And often what I tell people that you might think of your brand or who you are in a certain way and you get this feedback from others around you and it doesn't really match. It's not in alignment. But that doesn't necessarily mean that how you see yourself isn't how you are. It Mm. really means that you're not communicating that or you're not demonstrating that to those around you and they don't really see it. 
And so then it really enables us to say, okay, what are the changes that I can make in the way that I communicate, the way that I present myself, the way that I present myself online and offline that's going to enable people to see me the way that I feel is kind of the the essence of who I am. Mm -hmm. So if you see those gaps and those misalignments, that's not a bad thing, actually. I often find that that is a very good thing as well. Because I think, you know, if people are a little bit hesitant to reach out to their community to get feedback, you sort of think that feedback is there no matter whether or not you find out about it or not. And I think it's important to be able to recognize, as you said, those gaps so that you can take planned strategic action to turn that around. Right. Yeah. When it comes to personal branding and, and going through the personal branding process, have you seen any pitfalls that people should be aware of? Yeah, I think potentially one of the pitfalls is, and it goes back to this idea of getting feedback, is that often people don't search the feedback from those around them and they start putting what they feel their brand is out there and they create a website or they create these, these portals and these profiles and these bios. And what happens is it's not doesn't really capture what their true kind of character is. And then the pitfall is they've got to go back and change that or, or upgrade or you know take it down. And it's a lot harder to change those things that you put online later rather than trying to understand what it is that you want to put up there in the first place. So I think that's really important. The other thing is that often I find that people feel that their brand is all about their credentials and their experience, and that's what they're really emphasizing. And what's happening is that, again, it doesn't really tell your story. It doesn't tap into your character, your personality, your basically your why. And that, to me, is really the big thing. One of my favorite TED Talks of all time is by Simon Sinek. I don't know if you've seen that. And he wrote a great book called Start With Why. But in his TED Talk on TED.com, he talks about this essence of why that so many people know what they do and how mm-hmm. they're doing it, but not really why they're doing it. And really, by beginning with your why, and that's really the essence of who you are, and aligning that with what you do and how you do it, that really makes you so powerful and unstoppable. But most people go the opposite way. They start with what they do and maybe they figure out the why. I have to say, share my personal story because I absolutely agree with what you've just said. Many years ago, I fell off my horse and I was unable to, because of concussion, unable to continue my studies. And I'd always wanted to become a teacher. But long story short, I followed a career path that really wasn't the teaching role, but I became a career coach. And then when studying for all of the different certifications and so forth. I had to do these self-exploration so I was able to identify my why. So, so many questions that I'd had, would I have been chosen this career path had I had the opportunity to choose rather than sort of me be feeling like I was pushed into the different directions? Right. And I have to say, thank goodness that I had chosen the right path. But I tell you what, that why is so, so very powerful. And everything just falls in line. And I know from a, an ambitious entrepreneur, point of view, if you've put up a website, if you've spent so much time and energy putting all of the brand touch points and so forth in place and then realize, hang on a minute, that this doesn't really speak my value, my unique value, it's not really exuding my why. You can have to do that all again, won't you? Yes. Uh, and that yes. certainly is yes. an expensive exercise that you don't want to do. 
So, I mean, it really is an incredible topic. And I think, as I said before, there's similarities between uh, the Australian culture and also the Japanese culture. What would you say if someone was listening today, and this is still quite a new concept, and they haven't really thought about their personal brand, what would be a couple of things that they could take immediate action on moving forward? Well, I think the first thing is, is obviously, as I tell people is first, believe that you do have something unique to offer. I mean, this is a mental game. And, and I know that it kind of sounds easy to do. But that belief is core to everything. And if you believe that that you can do it, then, then you know, I mean, there's a famous uh, quote from Lance Armstrong, and bless his heart, his personal brand is going through some hard times now. But he says, if you think you're going to fall off the bike, you will never get on. And I'm a cyclist. And I like to use this quote. But it's this whole idea of First, believing that you have something unique to offer. The second thing is getting that feedback. I know it can be a little bit daunting and it's scary, but get feedback whether you decide to do it on, you know, using an online assessment or just casually collecting feedback from people, asking people what words would you use to describe me. Once you have that, then you kind of have the beginning tools to do the things that you can do to put your brand out there in a very accurate way. I also believe that getting some presence online, whether it's through social media, is important, particularly a LinkedIn profile uh, these days is, is really critical. And so many people I know don't have a professional headshot or a professional photo. And that, to me, is like so important. You know, get Take the time to get a professional photo of yourself, and that's what you can use everywhere. It becomes the way that people recognize you online and offline, too. So, But I think it really does, you know, Emery, it comes down to really believing that you have something unique to offer. And if you have that belief, that's going to take you to where you need to go. Yeah, basically. very important. Now, for people who would like to reach out to you and find out more information about what you've been talking about today, how can they do that? They can go to my website for sure, you know, at peterstrelacci.com. And on that site, that's how you can connect with me through all the different social media channels. I'm pretty much out there on most of them and would welcome people to connect with me that way. Fantastic. And I know that, uh, Peter, you are also, we're going to include a link that will take people to uh, an area where they can sign up for a free ebook, which has, I believe, 30 personal branding articles. So again, full of rich information on how they can get started on that process. So what we'll do is we'll include that link on our show blurb. So for all of you who are subscribed to iTunes, just take a, a couple of seconds, pop across and click through to that link. And while you're there, also leave a comment. You know, what did you learn? What are the steps that you're going to take today to really build your personal brand and start to manage your reputation? I think that that's so important. And of course, as always, you can connect with us and tweet your comments on our Twitter handle. It's at The Ambitious Pod, at The Ambitious Pod. And pop across to our Facebook group there too, because we've got a great community of other ambitious entrepreneurs, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show as well. Now, I believe also too, Peter, that we are going to include a link to a very special event that you're going to be involved in and to just share with people what that is going to be. And then, of course, we'll include the link on our show blurb as well so that they can click through to that other website. Great, great. Yeah, I'm really excited to announce this. Um, I'm a part of a online reality show for entrepreneurs called Prosperity's Kitchen. And this is a an online show that's beginning in January. There's 15 of us who are going to be competing on a 12-week uh, show 
Uh, each week we'll have different individual and team missions to complete. The public can watch the shows live. They can play along at home. Uh, they can watch recordings of past episodes. But basically the idea of the show is to help the solopreneur and the entrepreneur who's kind of starting out to really grow their business and to do it in a way that's fun and exciting and, you know, again, in a reality basis. So <laughs> I was going to say, with the that title, Prosperity's Kitchen Keto, are you going to have to be cooking up some recipes or is this more the cooking up strat- business strategies? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> cooking up the business strategies, you know, and, and all of that. And it's, it's going to be really exciting and, and I'm looking forward to it. And it airs, I think, in late January. So the link that you put up on the site here will enable people to just connect and to watch it and participate. And, you know, I have to be up at 3 o'clock in the morning oh. to, to do the live broadcast. So wow. Wow. It'll be interesting to see how I look at you. <laughs> I feel for you. I remember being invited to a, a video summit, and at the time I didn't realise it was a video summit. I thought it was a tally summit, just, you know, audio telephone. But it was 3 o'clock my time, and I had to get up, of course, at 2 o'clock. And uh, being a woman, we have to put our face on, you know, makeup and so forth. Thankfully, men don't have to take that long. But I tell you what, it was like, where are the matchsticks? 3 o'clock in the morning. Anyway, I'm sure you will be fine, and it sounds like a lot of fun. I'll certainly be tuning in. So, lots and lots of insights, I'm sure, for uh, solopreneurs, particularly if they're starting out and they want to grow their business. Look, once again, thank you so much for coming on the show. I think what you talked about today is so relevant for entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and even if you're working for somebody else, I think having and building a strong personal brand that is unique to you, that really showcases your unique value and your brand attributes is so important in today's um, career and, and marketplace. And so I really do thank you once again, Peter, for coming on the show. Well, thank you so much. I had a great time and it was a pleasure talking with you. This is Anne-Marie with today's inspirational tip and it follows on beautifully with the message that Peter was sharing. Mind your tweets. It can take one silly comment to turn off a potential client or a potential JV partner. A few months ago, I was talking to a colleague who was interested in hiring a virtual assistant and he'd done his research and there was a couple of people he'd narrowed it down to and he started to follow them on Twitter just to see what, you know, what they were talking about and just to get a general sense of which one he wanted to make a move towards and hire. To his astonishment, one of the VAs tweeted that she couldn't be bothered with work. She had a lot of work piled up for clients, but she was taking the day off and going to the beach. Now, she didn't realize that he was monitoring her tweets. It was only in the last week that he'd sent her across some information, some work to do, and was waiting for her to get it back to him so that he could see the quality of her work and so forth. And then after reading that tweet, he realized why that work hadn't been completed and uh, wasn't back in his email box because she couldn't be bothered. So let me ask you, who do you think he ended up hiring? Well, it certainly wasn't the person who tweeted, I can't be bothered doing any work. I'm going off to the beach. He ended up hiring the other person. So this is such a great reminder to all of us to be mindful of what we say, what we share, what we do, what we like, everything, because everything that we do impacts our reputation. And we want to ensure that everything that we do do impacts our reputation in a positive way that inspires people to want to work with us and want to hire us. 
also be very careful to mind your tweets and ensure that they are professional and always putting you forward in the best possible way to potential clients, potential JV partners and people that uh, could take up a key stakeholder role in your business. If you like that tip and you think it's helpful, why don't you share it with your community? Perhaps you have your own story where you've seen something too that was a little bit off brand and certainly wasn't building someone's reputation. Why don't you pop on by to our show page and uh, leave a comment there. It's always great to hear from you. So until next week, stay in This is Anne-Marie. You've been listening to the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. Do you want to promote your business to tens of thousands of other ambitious entrepreneurs, both nationally and internationally? I invite you to reach out and learn more about our customised sponsorship packages by emailing beasponsor at ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com. That's beasponsor at ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com and we'll send you out further details. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.